Hey, good morning. It's time to talk about micromanagement. Uh, I keep talking about microtasking a lot and very often you guys confuse microtasking with micromanagement and accuse me of suggesting uh, the management which is abusive, which is too much about control, which uh, actually takes away the freedom from us programmers and uh, basically enforces to do what the managers are telling us to do. Uh, that's completely not the case. That's why that video. That's why I want to clear the air about what's the difference between microtasking and micromanagement. The micromanager is somebody who is telling you how you should do your job instead of what you have to deliver. A proper manager tells you that uh, our mobile app needs a new feature and our users have to be able to download a new PDF report of their activity, implement that, come back to me when it's done. That's a proper management. The manager just told you what needs to be delivered in the end. The micromanager acts differently. The micromanager tells you, stop doing what you're doing right now, sit now in front of the computer, drop that cup of coffee, let's focus on that code, let's implement it now, don't open Facebook, don't call your mother, stay in the office until it's done. If it's necessary, we're gonna stay over time. If it's necessary, we're gonna work on Saturday and all that. And then you work and then the manager controls what you're doing, tells you exactly what needs to be done, how you need to achieve that result, and basically does the time management for you. Now you install something, then you write the code, then you write the unit test, then you test, then you deploy, and the manager stays behind you and checks what's going on. Why the manager is doing that? It's not because they are bad people micromanagers not because they are evil people who actually want to abuse you and actually to force you to do something according to their will against your will not at all in most cases those micromanagers are the people who care about the result of the project they want the project to be successful they want the, to see the result of the entire group but they just don't know how to do that except the way to completely control your time and make sure nothing distracts you now and you're 100% focused, that's the only way they can achieve that. But they care, they want to achieve results. They're not careless managers who just um, sit in the office, talk to everybody uh, peacefully and just let programmers do whatever they want. Those are bad managers. Those are people who are not supposed to be managers at all. They don't know how to trust you. That's why they need to control you. They cannot fully trust that you will implement that feature in a week and then you will come back with the feature implemented. That's why they need to enforce that all the means and all the instruments of control they can enforce. And those instruments are abusive. Those instruments are not comfortable for you at all. Nobody likes to see a manager standing behind our back, watching our screens and, and knowing exactly what we're doing right now. They're basically two options, command and control and delegate and trust, two opposites. The command and control actually works in some situations, but only in exceptional situations. For example, the production server is down and we're losing uh, thousands of dollars every minute. At that situation, micromanagement is a perfect concept. We just put everybody together, we stop drinking coffee, we cancel all the meetings, we stop calling our moms, we just sit down and fix the production server and it takes 15 minutes, half an hour, and then we all relax because the problem is gone. At that point, the manager has to become a micromanager. It's a war situation, it's a dangerous situation, it's something which requires 
extreme attention to details. So we can go into the micro level, but it may not last for longer. Because if you do the same for longer as a manager, then your people will not be happy at all. You will lose good people. You will lose good programmers. They will just quit. Nobody likes to be managed like that. This command and control paradigm, even in the army, it's not acceptable for the long term. How delegate and trust works. Like I explained before, you are the programmer. I explain you what the feature has to be implemented, how it has to work. Those are the requirements. This is the expectations which I have. Do it when it's done. Come back to me and tell me when it's done. When you have problems, when something goes wrong, also tell me that you need more time or you need more resources or you cannot do it at all. But let me know when you need to let me know. Aside from that, don't bother me. Just do it on your own when you can, when you want. You want to check the Facebook now? Check the Facebook. You want to call your mother? Do your thing. But if the task is supposed to be delivered in a week, then it is has to be delivered in a week. You deliver it, I trust you that you will deliver it to me and everything is fine. So why this paradigm is not used by micromanagers? Not because they're bad people, but because they're bad managers. They're not educated enough, not smart enough to be proper managers and to apply delegate and trust paradigm. That's why they go for command and control. Delegate and trust sounds like a great paradigm, but in order to apply it, we need to be sure that this trust in ba is based on something. I cannot just trust you as a programmer that you will finish the feature in one week and uh, you will deliver it the way it's supposed to be delivered and uh, everything will be fine. It's not going to work in most cases. You will have problems. You will have mistakes. You will not be able to properly manage your time because you're a programmer, you're not a manager. I cannot just blindly trust everybody, all programmers in my team. I need to find a way how to prevent problems, how to make sure that uh, the tasks which are supposed to be delivered by programmers actually get back to me in time and I actually can assemble them together on the timeline and do what I promise to my customers, to my boss, to my managers. And what uh, those young managers are doing when they read uh, these motivational management books and they read a lot about this delegate and trust paradigm, they start putting trust into people and then their projects just fail and they can't understand why. They trusted programmers, they, they talk to them, they, they have very good connections with the, those people and they promised each other that everything will be fine and then in a few months something goes wrong, some technical mistakes, some management problems, some uh, inconsistencies between re requirements, and then boom, uh, we cannot assemble everything together because every single programmer made so many mistakes that no matter how much you trusted them, they just can't get pieces together because they failed that trust. And then managers get back to command and control. They get angry, they get frustrated, they don't believe into those agile stories anymore. They just get back to command and control, they become micromanagers again, and they start telling people what to do. They get angry because those trust was broken. The trust was betrayed, let's put it this way. But it's not the failure of programmers that they betrayed your trust. It's a failure of managers. It always gets back to command and control for two reasons. The reason number one is that our tasks are too large. If the task is one week, in the example I gave you, it's impossible to trust a programmer for a week because it's too dangerous for me as a manager. Many things may happen inside that task, inside the full week of work, starting from personal problems of that programmer, ending with uh, technical issues with the software we use. 
and waiting for a week or two weeks or sometimes more like some managers do and hoping that in the end of this time period the programmer will come back to me and report that everything is done just the way i expected it to be done it's wrong it's the it's the recipe for disaster if you do it like that if you wait for that long if you manage large pieces of work then inevitably the trust will be broken and then you will go into command and control and then you will start micromanagement you will go into that task and you will start checking what are you guys doing right now i don't trust you anymore i can't take it i can't wait for a full week i want to know what exactly are you doing now and then we start doing this morning stand-ups and then we ask what are you guys are going to do today tell me exactly what's your plan for today this morning stand-ups is the perfect indicator of micromanagement in the team if you want to know what your programmers are doing in every single day in every single hour that's micromanagement why it happens you delegated them too much and then of course because they're programmers they're not really good in time management so they failed you they failed you once they failed you twice and then you get into and ask okay guys i don't trust you anymore even though i declare that i trust you now tell me what are you doing right now show me your screen show me your problems report back to me what's going on right now so when the manager asks what are you doing now that's an indicator of uh, micromanagement if you hear that question in the office you know this is micromanagement and second why micromanagement is happening why we get back to command and control is that managers are not smart enough or are not strong enough or not empowered enough to enforce the policy of rewards and punishment when you trust a task for a programmer, you expect the programmer to deliver the result, but you always have to inform the programmer, inform your worker, what are the consequences of successful delivery and unsuccessful delivery. But most teams don't have that at all. They just work uh, with a regular monthly or weekly payroll where programmers are getting their money no matter what's going on with the results. So we declare that we are very agile team and we trust our programmers we never do command and control and then we give them the large piece of work of one week and say you have to do that we expect you to deliver the result can you do it and they say of course we can and then in a week they come back and say yeah we had some impediments we had some problems it's not delivered as expected and we say you just let me down because of this and that i cannot put the product together anymore i have to break my promises to the management and they say so what well they don't say that but they think that way so what yes i broke promises but i had problems but who cares you pay me anyway so you pay me for the time and you expect me the results the two completely opposite motivational vectors so there are no rewards and punishment at all that's my point and if you have no rewards and punishment by the end of each task by the end of this of each piece of work then nobody will care about finishing that piece of work and then you will have to jump back into command and control and start forcing them to care they don't care because you gave them the consequences and they didn't align their personal objectives financial for example with the objectives of your project you finish the feature you get a hundred dollars you didn't do that instead you tell them that you have to finish the feature and then nothing happens just finish it just be a good soldier just just finish it just don't let me down 
but you know what, I'm going to pay you anyway. So you send mixed signals. On one hand, you want them to be responsible. On the other hand, you just don't give them any rewards and you don't punish them anyhow. You need a transparent and easy to understand and um, a healthy protocol of rewards and punishment. If that happens, then you will not need command and control. In that case, you can trust them. You can trust them that the piece of work and then you know that they know the consequences. You don't need to push them forward. You don't need to control what they're doing today and tomorrow. You don't need all those morning stand-ups. You don't need regular status meetings. They know the consequences. They are at the same board with you. They also want to succeed. You want the project to succeed and they want to succeed because they know how much they will make out of each successful task and they know how much they will lose out of each unsuccessful task. And then they become self-manageable people. They start managing themselves. They start to care about their personal results. And then you can take a step back, relax and wait for their results. So two things you need to avoid micromanagement. Small tasks, I'm not saying micro tasks. Of course, ideally you would need micro tasks. And second, you need a clear, transparent, explicit formula of rewards and punishments those people are getting when they succeed or they fail. If they put these two things together, you will never see micromanagement. Otherwise, micromanagement is guaranteed no matter what you say in your team building meetings. You are a micromanager unless you have these two things. That's what I wanted to say about micromanagement. It has nothing to do with microtasking as you see. Microtasking is on the other side. Microtasking is all about delegated trust because tasks are small and we have very fixed micro budgets for each task, which are uh, granted to programmers when they succeed and are not granted when they're not succeed, when they fail. Thanks for listening. Hope I made it clear. Stay tuned. Bye-bye.